The scripture I want to read tonight is 2 Peter 1, 1 through 3. 2 Peter 1, 1 through 3. I'm going to start off with the New King James, but I'll relate back to the, the NLT because what it says references to what I want to talk about just a little closer tonight. But it says, Simon Peter, a bond servant of the apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God, of our Lord, or Jesus Christ our Lord. As his divine power has been given to all of us that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. If you would stretch your hands this way and pray for me uh, that the Lord would use me tonight to say what I think he's, he's given me to say to you. If you would just pray with me. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for this opportunity to be behind this pulpit tonight, Lord. And I don't take it lightly, dear God. Every chance I get to speak the word, dear God, I take it as a chance to change someone's life, dear God. And I pray that you would back me up tonight, Lord. I pray that you would, you would close my mouth where it needs to be closed, but you'd let me be free-spirited in other ways, dear God. I know what I've pinned down tonight, Lord. I believe it's what you've told me to do, but if at any point this night, dear God, you direct me right or left, I pray I follow, Lord. Let me be a vessel in your hands tonight for all this we ask you to the praise and honors in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> but Neil wanted me to tell you he has gone to see his nephew's little baby. He wanted to go take an opportunity, and if, if you know anything about him, he has a busy life. Every day it's something, and um, we're looking so forward to going out of town this weekend, but being a pastor, that didn't happen. So he took opportunity to get away to see his dad and to see his nephew's baby, so be praying for him. And if you, if you know anything about ministry, any part of it, the church comes first, then his family and everything else follows in behind it so it's uh we love him when he's here but we're excited when he gets to go and relax and unwind i want to talk to you just a few minutes tonight um about there's more there's more in in our faith and and there's a whole story about how this came about but i want to read to you here uh, out of my version of the nlt version it says by his divine power god has given us everything we need to live a godly life we have received all of this coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of the marvelous glory and excellence. And I want to talk to you just a few minutes about that, this godly life and what he's given us. And, and, and there's more to sometimes what we, we do in our Christian walk. And, and sometimes if we don't catch every aspect of it or every corner of it, sometimes we can struggle in areas in our life. Talk to you just a few minutes about salvation. Other than salvation, there's not a whole lot compares to what we do for Christ, but salvation alone is good by itself, but there's still other ways we go and gain to be able to minister and to do. And I'm gonna talk about people to, to be able to serve the Lord with excellence, to be, a, to be one that serves in excellence, to be the one that does what God's called them to do with excellence and be successful. And does anybody believe that we need to be successful Christians? And if anybody owns your own business, you think you need to be successful, right? Everything we do, we strive to be successful. Why in our Christian walk do we settle for the bare minimum a lot of times? Why do we? We need to be successful. And I'm going to try to open your eyes tonight. Salvation, John 3, 16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Salvation. This one thing, one, at one point in our life, most of us here, I'd say all of us here tonight, know the Lord is our Savior. And we've made that step. 
to that altar or on a phone. I remember I was led to the Lord Brother God when has left the building. He led me to the Lord over the phone way many years ago. And there's different, different ways we do it and different avenues there. But I'll talk to you just a few minutes about salvation. Second Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but in long-suffering toward us, not winning that any should perish, but have everlasting life. Hope, when I come to the altar, when I said, Lord, come into my heart, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I know, I know you're my Savior, Lord. That hope, everlasting hope, if the rapture happens now or by whatever we meet the Lord tonight, that blessed assurance and hope that know I'm going home. That's pretty cool stuff within itself. And as we go through life and that hope, and sometimes the, the, the new may wear off of it sometimes, but I think daily we should thank the Lord for what he's done for us and how he's working in our lives. And sometimes we forget that as we go through life. Eternal hope, a home prepared for us. I know that he's left. He said, if I go, I'll prepare a place for you, and then i come again to receive you. I know there's a place prepared for me tonight. When I go, and I will meet him, and I will meet all those gone on before me uh, to reunited with loved ones. We know him as Savior. I think most of us can feel confident to that, but I want to open your eyes to a bunch of other areas tonight that we have to know him as to be a successful Christian. And nobody likes to say that because success usually relates back to dollar bills and maybe a little pride, a little arrogance. But I think Christ wants us to be successful as Christians. And there's some areas we're going to talk about tonight that's going to open your eyes. This is just a few of many. And I can say whether you've been saved two days or you've been saved the longest in there's some point in the life, in your life, where the devil knows to bark. And he'll get your attention. He'll drag you to your knees and scare you to death. I don't care who you are. I don't care how holy you are, how many angels you woke up with this morning and flew around with. I don't care. The enemy knows where to come to you. And he'll cripple you at that. And he'll cause you to stop. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, but, but there's more. I want to talk to you. Salvation's good enough, but there's more. Uh, but not just to survive, but to be successful. To win the lost. These, these things we're going to talk about, if we don't master them and see Jesus as who he is in these areas, we'll stay consumed with our problems so much that we'll never help no one. I'll stay in my mess all the time when Vance needs help, but I can't help Vance because I'm in my mess because I've never figured out really who Christ is and what he has for me. But it's more than that. We, we live below most times, and I'm one of them. We live below the standards that God, as far as what he has for us, it's unlimited. And I wrote down here, sometimes, most of us, and I'm going to talk about me tonight, I live a minimum wage faith when God desires for me to be a millionaire in the faith. I live on the bare minimum. I live on food stamp Christianity when God desires for me to be successful and be a millionaire for his kingdom. And every promise he's given me tells me that's for me to be successful but sometimes we we hang up there there's more and i put here like if you any of you sports guys you big they get signing bonuses when we come on with christ is these all these other things that go along with it that helps us to function and to be successful as a christian i want to tell just a quick story here and i've seen half my story come in i didn't see the other half but he must be working tonight but the story that triggered this whole thought was about two weeks ago, Joe's in the hospital. I go by the, one morning to pray with him and talk to him. And if everybody knows Joe, he don't like to talk. 
So he carried the conversation. And I'm sitting there, he's telling me about how God's good. He's going, he's going to be all right. He's telling me the Lord's going to take care of him, not to worry about him. And he's going on, and, and your uncle's in the hospital. But he's sitting there telling me how proud he is of Leslie, how good she's doing. She went down and prayed for the family as they're about to lose their uncle. He's bragging on her. I'm saying, that's cool, Joe. I said, we're going to be praying for you, and we're also praying for her and her family, and, and since then, your uncle's passed. But he was bragging on her, and I was sitting there, and as I'm listening, I'm taking all this in. Sometimes I'm a little slow, but the Holy Ghost has a way of waking me up and stirring me and shaking me as I walk down the hall. At that hospital, I get on the elevator, and I'm going down. These thoughts start coming to my mind, and I walk off the elevator. There's a clock on the wall, and two people sitting at the desk. The Holy Spirit says, she knows me as Savior, but I'm getting ready to show her what a healer is, what a peacemaker is, what a comforter is. All those things we have to have to get through life. So what you just experienced, a lot of times the enemy of you to tear us down because we don't understand who God is and how powerful he is and how peace comes when we're going through those times of hurt, when we lose a loved one. But he spoke to me just like I'm speaking to you tonight. She knows me as Savior, but I'm getting ready to show her that I'm a healer. I'm a deliverer. I'm a peace speaker. I'm a comforter. And that's where this all come through tonight. We have to experience these hardships to experience God. And, and that's the buyer beware here. If you want to experience God as a healer, well, you've got to be sick first. And nobody wants to be sick. These hardships we go through in life, that seems like, why am I having to deal with this? Why am I going through this? Kevin doesn't do anything, and he's never sick. You know, and I'm just using him as an example. But why? Why, does, why am I struggling he's not? Or why are you struggling and I'm, you know, why? We ask God, then we'll get caught up in that moment. Then I'll get so wrapped up in it, then I'm no good to Kevin. I'm no good to anyone because I hadn't mastered it. It rains on the just and the unjust, plus the sun shines on us too. So we have to get to that point. In the 2018 church, the one that we, we live in, that's, that's a struggle as I watch, and that's a struggle in the church. I watch good men and women. And, and I've, I've learned enough to know if, if, if Brother Wade's doing something right and it's working, I'm going to watch and see what he does, and I'm going to learn from him. A Scotty Hager, a Neil Nolan, or whoever, a Tony Hester. You find those people that are successful at making church work and this whole thing being successful at it, watch those people. They'll, give, they'll save you a lot of steps because they've been there and done it. But the 2018 church, it's, it's a root issue. It's a structure issue. It's a, a depth issue that we deal with sometimes, and Neil spoke about that the last few weeks. Um, but the only way to grow is to be buried. That's the only way. If you're a farmer in here, the only way to grow is to be buried. And that's where God wants us. He wants us buried. He wants us to sprout up and come out. Then there'll be a season. We'll go through that again. But we each and every one of us struggle with this. But it has to go further than that. I want to talk to you. Just to, I've got just a few points tonight. <clears throat> and we'll go on our merry way. Uh, James 2. Let me see here. Let me pull my verses up here. James 2 and 19. First, the first thought is we've got to recognize him for his power and authority. If we don't, all the other stuff we're getting ready to talk about, if you don't recognize him for the power that he has and his authority, none of the rest of it matters. None of the rest of what we're going to talk about, his power and authority is what I want to talk to you about. James 2 and 19, 
and he's talking here, talking about faith and works, and now uh, you show me in the, the works and your faith and all this. And then it, Jesus goes on to say that you believe that there are one, there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. His authority and His power, power. There's power in the name of Jesus. She sung about it tonight. You ever have trouble in your life? Speak His name out and watch trouble flee. I promise you. And that's the biggest key the church doesn't use. Speak his name out. In every situation you're going through, every trouble or trial, speak his name out. Because it says right here in his word, they flee. It says, all of hell trembles at the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Um, there's power through every situation that we go to. Anything we get into, there's power. The enemy has to flee. And what does it do when the enemy gets us bound in our mind? We don't realize him as this all-powerful and this one that's authoritative. We get caught up in our mess, and the first thing I start doing is talking about what was me. It's bad. It's never going to get no better. It's always been this way. My mom and dad deal with it, dealt with it. I'll just have to deal with this. Speak his name out. There's power. You've been given power. You've been given power. Why do we walk around on the food stamp Christianity when you've been given power? To be able to talk and to speak and to speak it out. And we're going to go deeper in this on a minute. I'm going to give you illustrations. I can stand up here and tell you that because I've experienced that. I know what power is, and it, it freaks her out sometimes. She don't like to talk about it sometimes in, in certain things, and she, she's it, the whole spirit world sometimes in this rebuking demons and this real stuff, right? We agree? We agree? I've been given power to set them a flea and to set them a flight, and you have too. You have too, and I'm going to give you examples in a minute. As we talk on about power and authority, I want to go on here to John 14 and 12. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do also, you greater works with these you will, be, you will do because I go to my Father. He's sitting here telling everybody know what Jesus done while he walked on earth. He's sitting here telling them, saying, what have you seen what I've done? Even, you're going to do even greater. But why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't I? Why does somebody roll in here in a wheelchair and why don't I lay my hand on them and they rise and walk and go off? Why not? He promised it. Maybe I'm not deep enough. Maybe I'm not dedicated. Enough. Maybe I'm not praying enough. Maybe what's going to happen Saturday between ball game times is more important than going doing what God's called me to do. Maybe that's why. Maybe my checkbook's a little more important than what God's called me to do. Maybe my relationship's a little more important than what God's called me to do. Maybe that's my problem. You know, maybe, just maybe. But as we go through these things, he says greater works, and that's an open-ended statement. You could take everything he just said and it, take it where you want because there's not an end to it. Greater works, where does that stop? It doesn't. It does not stop at all. Um, we can have more than we've ever imagined. It's limitless in the power and authority that he's given us. And, and, and as I go along, as the deeper I get, I realize that, you know, we've, I've been given power and authority to take care of things. I've been given power and authority over my family when life happens to be able to speak the name of Jesus and he has to flee when fear comes, when the enemy comes, when we're in the hospital praying for people. We've been given authority to pray. By your stripes, I believe you can heal, Lord. Is he going to heal everybody here on earth? Probably not. We're all going to get ultimate healing. But that's not going to stop me from praying it. Because for me not to pray it makes me think it's not real. 
So we need to stand on that as we believe in this power and authority and believe who he's called you to be. Because we sit there, we walk around timid and let the enemy run all over us. He'll destroy a lot of us in the morning. He'll destroy some of us on the way home. And we'll let him. We'll let him. Because we hadn't realized who he is, the power and authority that he's given us. Spouses, husbands, and wives, it's there for your marriage, it's there for your kids, it's there for your job. That person on the job that sometimes maybe you hate seeing coming and the Lord's wanting you to love on them, Lord, soften their hearts. The one that the enemy's trying to make me turn against is exactly the one the Lord's wanting to use me to help. I had a situation before church. It just got me bummed out. I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to do now? It's a situation with church. And I just sat back in the chair. They had done left, and, I, and I've got to do this, and trying to think about that and the enemy. I know the attack of the enemy. I know how he comes. I said, Lord, just make a way. Just make a way that it works, Lord. That's the one thing I do not want to deal with today. And about that time, a text come on the phone. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, you just, you've taught me this all week and you've poured it into my spirit. And I'm sitting here whining about it. And all I had to do was ask. And the text come through the phone. And it was all worked out before church, which really relieved my mind and helped me tonight. But realize who he is. Speak out what you need. You have not because you ask not. And that's exactly right. In our life, we have not because we ask not. The second point here is peace. And this is one we're all that we're going to talk about tonight. It all revolves around peace. I'm going to go to Mark uh, 4 and 39. There's many verses in the Bible, but this one just, this is huge here. Huge here. Mark 4 and 39. And she said, and sitting there on the sea, they're crossing the sea. Everybody knows the story. She said, then Jesus arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and said to them, Then they said to them, Who are you? Um, why are you? He said, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Peace. Everything we deal with in life, these struggles, they'll rob your peace. They'll cause you to be so sideways, you'll be able to miss everything God is wanting to do in front of you. And to be successful as a Christian, you have to have peace in your life. You'll never be successful. And so I heard Ashley talk about the men's home and everything he's running into. That's how the enemy comes in. But we speak peace over it, knowing that the Lord's going to make a way, provide a way in those situations. And uh, as life comes, life's going to happen. But we don't have to be dismayed. Uh, God's given us the opportunity to experience peace. In this illustration, these guys are in a boat crossing the sea. He's asleep. They're scared. They're tore out of the frame. Anybody get tore out of the frame other than me? April will raise both hands for me because she knows me well. It, I can go from zero to 90 in about two seconds off something I really didn't think through. Not in a bad way, but I, I'm very quick to jump on things, especially when, like what happened before church. And, but uh, as these guys are crossing here, he gets up, he speaks peace. A lot of times we go through our life, and the Lord gave me this illustration this week. Most Christians, me included, where I should be in the boat with Christ, I'm off the side of it, hanging on the edge of it, going up and down, grasping for air with no peace. When all the time I should have never got out of the boat, he's given me everything I need, but I'm sitting there holding on, about to fall off any minute. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm going down one more time and I'm not coming up. 
I about had all I can stand. I'm out of air. I'm tired. I'm wore out. But we never should have got out of the boat. And that's me a lot of times. And even the things we do and to go through with ministry and stuff, a lot of times you just get wore out. You run ragged and, and you're, you're expected to perform. You're expected to perform if you don't perform. But everybody gets tired. But in our life, we need to have peace. Instead of getting out of the boat and struggling, we should just sit there while he's asleep, lay down and go back to sleep too. He desires us to have peace in our life. Peace will destroy you. Peace will bring on all, not having peace, the lack of will bring on all kinds of stuff in your life. It'll make you make bad financial decisions. It'll cause fear and anxiety to strike up in your life. It'll cause turmoil in your marriage. It'll cause hardship between you and your children. Peace. We've got to have peace. And I sort of got them ranked in orders where I thought they'd benefit the most. But uh, we're going to go through life just like we talked with Leslie, the loss of her uncle. That's a hard time, but God brings peace. Joe in the hospital, God brings peace. God brings healing too. But we've got to know him for all those. So if we don't know him as, as all these things, we get struggling in the midst of them. We have a hard time sometimes. On to Colossians 3 and 15. I'm going to move along here because I'm running out of time and plenty of pages left. And let the peace of God rule your heart, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Peace of God rule your heart. If you don't have it in here, it'll never come out here. It'll never enter your thoughts. We've got to have peace inside of us. In every aspect of our life, we've got to have peace. Life absent of peace is pure turmoil. Anybody ever experienced pure turmoil or have got relatives that's experienced pure turmoil all the time? Coworkers that's in turmoil all the time? It's the lack of peace. Because when there's peace in your heart and it reflects in everything that you do, you, everything's all right. Death may come, but it's all right. Financial issues may come, but God's the provider. You know what? I may have some problems in my kid's life, but... God's there. He's peace. Peace will walk us through each one of those. And without those in our life, we end up in a mess. Salvation, at that point, we're not helping anyone. And our whole job is to help somebody. 28, 19, go and make disciples. I can't make disciples if I messed up my head and heart all the time. And I can't. But peace is the last, not the last one. We're going to roll on to provider. Provider. And I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to read this one. It said, look at the birds of the air. Uh, this will be, I'm going to go back here, look down, provider, Matthew 6, 26 is where I'm going to stop. I'm not going to read the whole one. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and are not you more valuable than them. We've got to trust him. Trust him. And we talk about this a lot in Sunday school. If I can't trust God with my finances, how can I trust him to heal me of cancer? How can I trust him to put my marriage back together? How can I trust him for all these things that I can't see and can't physically put my hand on, but I can't trust him with my checkbook or wallet? He's a provider. He's going to give you what you need. When you need it, it'll come from somewhere. I promise you. When we do that, when we trust him. And, and uh, he knows what we need before we need it. And we have not because we ask not. We mentioned that earlier. But well, he's our provider, whatever we need in our life. If, if it's food, I promise you, if you're in the will of God, and the safest place to be is in the will of God too. Because if you're not in the will of God, none of this matters anyway. 
because you're outside the will of God. So you can void all this if you're outside the will of God because you're on your own then. Under his umbrella, all this stuff stands true. Outside of it, you're on your own. But he's a provider, everything we need financially, food, clothing, it's all there. He's going to take care of us. And, and I know early on as a married couple, we, you know, most of us probably struggled early on. And some of us are in that part of life in retirement. It's pretty cool because we took care of ourselves and God provided and we was wise with what we had. But God's still a provider. I'll tell a quick story here. Uh, the Sunday school class heard it, but I won't tell it, tell it again. Well, little Anna's driving now and she wanted a car. And I knew she needed a car because she's not going to drive the big black truck. Vic drove it, run over cars in the process, but Vic drove the big black truck. But uh, she wanted a car and she wanted something small. And, I, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, Lord, this is one, one, not because I don't want her to drive. I don't want to deal with a used car. It's going to tear up in two weeks. I just didn't. We looked. We Facebooked. We shopped. We marketplace. We done everything. And I just quit thinking about it. I don't want to think about it no more. Because all I can think of is I'm going to buy a $3,000 car in two weeks. Transmission's going to blow up. Then I'm going to go buy a $3,000 transmission. Now I got $6,000 in an $1,800 car. That's all I could think of. And finally, doing what I do best, we'd pray to all along. Lord, open my door, open my door, open my door. Finally, I just sat down one night. I said, Lord, I said, I pray for Anna Carr. I pray it's from, from, from a senior that don't have any miles on it. One owner, somebody that we know that ain't got traded in and somebody's poured something in it to try to dope it up to get it another 100000 and I went through praying all this detailed prayer. This is what we want. This is what we need, Lord. And I left it. She called a few days later. So the lady I work with, her, her sister's got a car. She said, they, um, this is what it is, and this is what they're wanting. I said, that's a piece of junk, dude. I said, I ain't buying no piece of junk. We done been there. So I said, well, let's go, because being the good husband that I am, I said, whatever, let's just go look at it. Because sometimes just doing what you need to do just works out better that way. So we go look at the car. We pull up in the yard, dude. This thing's 20 years old, 100,000 miles. Paint job looks just like it did, and it rolled off the factory because a senior man had owned it and garage kept it 20 years. And we sit down in it, we drive it, and I falls in love with it before we even get out of the car. So we get it, we drive, we come by, and I'm going down the road, and the Holy Spirit might not speak to y'all, but he keeps me in check most days. And then I told her, I said, you realize the Lord just give us exactly what we prayed for? Exactly. A one owner car, low miles, like brand new. And to top it all off, we didn't give but $1,000 for it. So she's driving a car practically brand new. So the Lord wants us to ask and pray in detail. He's listening. He understands us. He doesn't, we, don't, we don't talk too big that he can't understand. So God's a provider. And I had, a, had one more here. I'm going to tell it, and we're going to roll, because i got three more pages. It's 10 till. But uh, my other daughter, Vic, she, she's, uh, she's a good kid. She's at the hospital visiting with Ashley and Brandon because her son's in the emergency room. Neil's using her to do the Lord's work, and I'm excited about that. But she called me about a month or so ago, said, his job open at Clemson? Should I put in? I said, I'm sitting there thinking, dude, we done been down this road 100 times. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. She's putting in for a job. I said, because I, 
the enemy will get her sidetracked easy on other things. And I try to keep her in check, but she, I said, whatever, yeah, do it. And she calls back about a week later. She said, they want me to come for an interview. I said, well, that's cool. Then she calls me back, and I'm thinking that might have been a second interview. I'm not real sure because I don't think I was paying attention. But by then, it's getting real to me. It's starting to get real. Then she calls me all excited trying to whisper because she's at her job that she needs right now because she ain't got the other one yet. She said, they're giving me an offer. She said, uh, they're, they're trying to email it to me, and I can't open it. Could you open it or accept it or something? And I said, I'll do whatever I can to help you here. And she makes good money. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not talking finances. is not word said. I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about how good God is. But she calls me back. She said, you're not going to believe what they offered me. I'm not going to tell you what she made or what she makes now, but it was almost $11,000 a year raise from what she was making. And there comes the Holy Spirit speaking again. A girl that could have given up early in life. She's had every reason in the world to give up because the life has kicked her like a dog at an early age. Wednesday nights, you're going to see her here. Sunday mornings, you're going to see her here. Sunday nights, you're going to see her here. She's going to do what God's called her to do. God's faithful to those that are faithful to Him. And I'm not saying this because it's my kids. If it was your kids, I'd be bragging on them too. But God's a provider. He done it in a car. He can do it in a 20... These people coming out of college that deserve that job better than her. She's got a high school diploma working at Clemson University. Set for life. If she stays there, they may another job come up. You never know her. But uh, God's a provider. And he, he, he gives us what we need when we need it. So don't ever think that just because I've had a bad rap in life, God can't take care of me because that's a lie of the enemy. You send him on his way with that one. The next one will be hope. Hope. I'm going to pull back here. I missed my mark on that. Isaiah 40 and 31 is where I want to go here. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with eagles' wings like wings of eagles, shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. Hope. Hope is found in Christ alone. Not nothing this world has to offer. Not your job, not your relationships, not your house. There's no hope found in it. It's found in Christ alone. No other thing in this world. Hope renews. When you need it, God's going to give it to you. Hope. These times in our life, we feel hopeless. Sometimes in my life, I feel hopeless. We was talking before church about uh, Shannon's mom and the, the situations I went through with my parents. These days... Nights when I went to bed, I wished I could sleep for two months and wake up and it'd all be over with because I felt hopeless. But God was faithful and he gives us, gives us that hope, gives us that second win in life, whatever you're going through, sickness in family, finances, marital, whatever it is, God is your hope. He's a God of second, he's a God of hope. And even in ministry, the, it, most will agree that, you know, ministry gets tiring sometimes. For a full-time pastor, my heart goes out to Neil. I mean, if we could put a GPS on that truck and follow that dude for seven days a week, we'd probably all be wanting to give him a raise and give him more vacation than he's got. He is on the road from daylight to dark. It's hope. God gives us strength and he renews us. But he is our hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, most people know this. For I know the thoughts I have for you, saith the Lord, they're thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. His plan's perfect, whatever we're going through. In His will, His plan's perfect. When storms come, His plan's perfect. We said this earlier, the safest place to be is in the will of God. 
Because when death comes, sickness comes, financial issues come, marital issues come, kids going crazy comes, all these things that life offers, if you're in the will of God, you know you're in the boat with Him. You're sailing across rough waters, but He's with you. He's going to see you to the other side. He's not going to take you out and leave you there in the center. There's hope in Christ. Uh, don't get hung up on the present problem and miss out on your future. And that's where if we could wind, you know, put some of these together, that's where we get at. We get to so consumed with what's going on in my life now and my hardship and things just ain't good right now that we forget about the future and the hope, what he's told us we're going to be, what he's promised us. We forget those things. We've got to hold on to that. I think this is my last point here. Isaiah, we're talking about healer. I saved it for last because I still believe, I pray every service when I pray, I still believe God can heal in 2018. It didn't stop 2,000 years ago when the disciples were walking on earth. It didn't. It's here. And what I ask myself most days, Lord, what's in my life, in my heart? What am I doing wrong that I'm not the one that could walk in? Someone in a wheelchair, someone with a fever, someone with cancer. Why? Why not? You know? These are healer in our body, physically. We take up prayer requests every week, physical needs, one right after another. God's still a healer. But one of the greatest ones we think about and gets, we don't think about and gets missed a lot of times is our mind. Depression, anxiety. We talk about the physical, but you mention the mind and all those, it turns taboo then because you're crazy. I can tell you I deal with depression. I do. Most times it's on Saturdays. Sometimes it may be on Tuesdays if you got to speak Wednesday. I want to run to a back of a cave and just hide and cry until it's over with. I deal with it. We all deal with some part of some kind of something, and it doesn't make us crazy. It doesn't make us any less of a person. Some of it's physical. A lot of it's spiritual. I know it's spiritual because I can tell when it's coming because what I'm going to be doing. The enemy will come in and he'll try to bind and hold back. He's a healer for our spirit, our brokenness, our past, those things that the enemy will keep whispering in our ear. Well, you weren't good enough for your mom. You weren't good enough for your dad. You know, all these things. She left you because you weren't good enough. The enemy will speak those and he still speaks them 20, 30, 40 years later. But he can heal that. The Lord can. He can heal that. We don't have to live in what's been told to us in our past. He's a healer of that too. Our family, he can make families whole again. I believe that. His desire is not for one family to be divorced. I believe that marriage was meant to be one man, one woman, and raise kids and do the best you can do. Divorce affects kids, but he can still put marriages back together. Just because a man and a woman's not getting along and things aren't right right now does not mean God can't restore that marriage. I don't believe that. Because if you can't believe that part, you can't believe any of the rest of the things that he done. Right? He can do that too. He's a healer there. Um, I will tell you a quick story and I'm going to land this thing. Uh, about seven years ago, God was calling us into ministry and man, I, I ain't never dealt with no panic, no anxiety or anything. And I watched the enemy come in like a flood and ravage me and sift me with anxiety. Fear so bad that I couldn't move. It's the closest experience I can think of to dying other than maybe dying. Crippling. For no reason. 
It was spiritual. But one night about seven, we've been here six years, seven years ago, Ashley had a special speaker at Turning Point. And uh, I remember that night, and I've never forgot that night because I sat up there. She called everybody up to pray with them. I said, Lord, I'm, things are good right now. And the Holy Spirit speaking to me again. He said, dude, you messed up inside. You're so scared. You, can't, you don't know if you're coming or going. Everything about life terrifies you right now. And that lady prayed for me. And it's seven years later, I've never dealt with anxiety or panic again. God's a healer. He's a healer. I promise you he is. If he can do it for me. But also, too, there's always a buyer beware. Because the enemy come to seek, kill, and destroy, and all these things. He doesn't want life to be happy for you. I watched as it left me. I watched it jump on a little eight-year-old girl in my house and strike panic on her to the point of crippling her where she couldn't go to school. I watched it. I watched the enemy. Come in one evening from work. He wouldn't even quit in time. I said, Lord, I've had enough. I said, I've been given power. I come through the door, grab the oil, walk to the hallway with my eyes closed, already praying. I know it's my house because I live there. I know where to turn right and left to get where I'm going in the middle of the night. I walk into that hallway, the oil in my hand, and I'm sitting there praying. And just as soon as I hit that hallway, it's like you put turn the lights off black. I walked her in her bedroom, and I anointed everything in her bedroom and prayed over it in the name of Jesus. And it left her. It left her. But I watched it come after the other two and two other seasons. I watched Vic get to the point where she was so panicked and terrified that she couldn't eat. She wouldn't eat. She lost weight. I watched it ravage Anna, too. But can I say God's a healer? He's a healer. We call on his name. He's still a healer in 2018. So don't settle for anything less than what he's had for you. And you can say that's crazy. When you're going through your house and nobody's there and you're praying and you're crazy, when you love your kids, you'll do whatever. And maybe it's just that crazy faith and that crazy prayer that will bring back what the disciples experienced 2,000 years ago. Just maybe. Maybe. God's given us power to be able to do that. Let's grab hold of that. Acts 3 and 6 is one of my favorite verses and we're going to close. It's two minutes till, I promise. We're landing the plane. Then Peter said, he's walking into the temple gate. He's crossed this by this crippled guy many days, but today's different. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to him too. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. Rise and walk. These things I've done, even greater you would do. Now we see the disciples doing it. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a disciple. I want to be the one, not so I can say, or anyone can say, Anthony put his hands and, and they rose. No, God worked a miracle and they rose. They walking now. Blinded eyes be open. That's what I want to see, and I believe we will too. There'll be signs and wonder. I follow God's people in the last day. I believe that, and I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those. But I want to, we each need to be a vessel. We need to see the need. We need to act on it too. By faith, believe, uh, do the supernatural. Talks about signs and wonders in the last day. It's for us today. It's for me. Other than salvation, we have to know more about him. Salvation to get us to heaven, but to live a successful Christian life, we've got to realize his power and authority. We've got to experience his peace. We've got to realize he is our provider, whatever we need. He is our hope and he is our healer. 
To be a successful Christian, the definition of a successful Christian is making other disciples, fruit following us. If we don't get these ironed out and we, we hang up in these areas, even one of them, and there's probably another 20 we could have penciled in that somebody's dealing with tonight you're hung up in. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the goodness of God and what he wants us to experience. We get hung up in it and I can't help nobody. My kid is going through a mess. My kid is dealing with depression, anxiety. I can't deal with anything because I'm having to try to take care of my house and keep it in order. But when I believe God is a healer and he shows it to me multiple times, now I'm here to tell you tonight he's a healer. Whatever you're dealing with. But we've got to be successful in these areas. Believe who he is. Believe what he said he'll do. And hold on to those things and let him use you. Let him use you in ways you've never used you before. That's my encouraging word tonight. I hope you get something from it. There's more. There's more. At this time, we stand and we'll close in prayer. Thank each and every one of you for coming. Uh, Please continue to remember Shannon's mom. I talked to Russell, and I know he don't mind me telling. She's been non-responsive today. Shannon Waldron's mom, they think she's got pneumonia. So she may be at this point going back into the hospital. But I still believe God's a healer. He can still work on, work on their behalf. But be remembering them. The, the enemies. He, and life happening too. Russell's a good man. He needs our prayers. He needs your encouraging words. Your encouraging texts and phone calls. Shannon needs those. Because she's walking in a, in a road now she's never walked in. She's the only child. That's her mom. And it's not good. She needs y'all too. Church family, reach out to Shannon and Russell. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak tonight. Dear Lord, I pray something was said to challenge us, dear God, to let us realize once that point of salvation is made and we're secured with you, dear God, there's a work to be done. But for that work to be done and for us to be successful, Lord, there's areas in our life we have to master through you. With your help, dear God, all these areas, dear God, that we hang up in, whatever it is, each one of us know tonight where we struggle at, where the enemy comes, where the enemy will bark and get our attention and send terror through us. But in the name of Jesus tonight, I pray that you'd come in those areas, dear God. I pray that you'd be with them. I pray that you would heal them of those problems and those things in their life. If there's anxiety, I pray you're a healer, dear God. If it's depression, healer. If it's finances, dear God, I know you're a provider. Whatever it is, bring hope to the people of your house tonight, Dagger. They're here tonight. This is your dedicated few, your Wednesday night crowd, the ones that love you and desire to be here, dear God. I pray that you'd be with them in a special way tonight, Lord. Love on them, meet the needs. I pray for Shannon and Russell and Shannon's mom, Lord. I pray that you'd come to her tonight. I pray peace for that family, that you'd love on them through this time, Lord. We don't know what tomorrow brings, dear God, but I know you do. We pray your will be done, dear God. For all that we know is perfect, Lord. Be with him. Touch him, dear God. He's a man of God. You'll never hear him say a crossword about no one. He's always going to have a smile when he's crying inside. Love on Russell. Love on Shannon. Love on the whole family, Lord. Be with him tonight, dear God. I pray that you'd be with Neil as he travels. I pray that you'd give him rest in his body. I pray that you'd give him rest in his mind, Lord. Be with him tonight and be with his family. Everything that we ask, you get all the praise and honor and glory, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Y'all shake hands. Come.